0: Welcome to the Geek Podcast, where E3 is upon us. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host Bij.
1: Oh, uh, it's everywhere.
0: It's everywhere. Today we're talking about E3. Um, probably no geekery today. Probably just the main topic because E3 is always a huge topic. Um, I know E3 is pretty years, much all
1: the geekery. It is. I'm.
0: I mean, in past years we've tried to cover a little bit of everything, and we've tried different approaches to E3 every year. This year I think we're just going to try to hit the highlights, like the things that we specifically want to talk about, and just not even mention the rest. So with that being said um overall my one takeaway before we like get into the details i think that the first half of 2020 is going to be crazy for game releases if yeah. none of these get delayed have you noticed how many games are coming out in like spring or summer
1: yeah i remember I, it was either last year or the year before that we had a joke on here about that uh that the games were all releasing releasing in march-ish yes and uh like that's the way 2020 is going to be that's all i could think of when i was seeing dates is like we're going to have a no money and no time be no time during that period next year like it's everything at that point like it's crazy it's just
0: crazy okay so let's get into basically we're just gonna run through press conference by press conference but like i said we're not touching on most things just the things that we want to call out so ea was up first
1: this year and the only thing i really want to talk about here is jedi fallen order and that's pretty much the only thing ea has done in years that i'm even remotely interested in and the only Reason I'm even remotely interested in it now is after watching the 15 minutes of gameplay because I wasn't sold on it until then. And now I am cautiously hopeful. Yeah, it's
0: it's interesting. Like they said, it's kind of Metroidvania ish, which I could kind of maybe see from the gameplay. I think we would need longer with the game to be able to tell that. But I mean, if that's what
1: they're saying, I trust them. You know, it's kind of channeling Metroid Prime is what it looked like. Yeah, that's that's the way I would think about it. Where when I think Metroidvania, I automatically think of something 2D. But really, Metroid Prime did it in uh, 3D and we're going to have that again. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and it's set after Order 66, but before Rogue One is kind of the time period that we're working with. Um, And it's not hack and slash combat so much as it's like a measured third person combat. It honestly looks kind of like an approachable Dark Souls. Like it's not that crushing. I know. I know you're going to do that. It's not that like soul crushing Dark Souls brutal combat, but it does look like
1: a derivative of it that's made a little bit more approachable. And that makes me really sad, actually. I was honestly hoping that if they didn't go the RPG route, that they were going to go with, say, a Force Unleashed route. And they didn't. They went with more of that, like you said, the more deliberate and measured Dark Souls style, which I don't particularly like. But when watching the videos of it, it doesn't look. Like Dark Souls. It just looks like it could be a little bit more considered in what you do. So I'm I'm not unsold on it. I'm not not filing for my return, but I'm not pre-ordering it just yet. Um, they also said that right now, there was an interview that I was reading uh, earlier today and we're recording this on Tuesday of E3 this, uh, the 11th and there was an interview that I read today where they were talking about the difficulty not wanting it to be Dark souls difficult but right now the gameplay was probably more difficult than they wanted it to be that it was approaching that so they needed to be able to pull that back before release well they still have five months something like that yeah yeah there's time So i mean that's a long time to tune
0: it yeah for sure so i mean it's star wars i'm gonna buy it but i mean we've talked about that already so Besides that from EA, the next up was Microsoft. Like, I think right. there's nothing really thing else for EA that was worth talking about, which is sad, but also not that unexpected. Um, Microsoft, though, there's a bunch of stuff. And this was probably the biggest press conference of E3 so far, just because PlayStation mm-hmm. wasn't there. So Microsoft got like all of these world premieres of all sorts of different things. And a couple of the highlights for my kids were in this one. They watched a lot of these with me. They didn't watch everything in E3, but they watched a lot of it. They were super excited for Minecraft Dungeons. And I think I'm right. excited by proxy because it's basically it's Minecraft Diablo. Like, if yes, you know, it those is. two games, it's. It is Diablo, but just set in the Minecraft world, and my kids really want it, and it looks like a game that I could play with them that's not just Minecraft again. Like, I play Minecraft with them, but not all the time. Um, This is a game that I bet I would play with them more than I play actual Minecraft,
1: this is a game that I could see myself playing because I like Minecraft. I just don't like playing Minecraft. So this is taking the building part of it that I you know, I can never get into. And it may give me something to be able to uh, mess around with because I really like that voxel uh, pixelated look that it's got and I always have. And they announced this afternoon that it's going to be on the uh, Switch as well as uh, Xbox and PC. So that's just uh, more reason for the kids to get Get it and you know for me to pick up eventually
0: yeah it looked fun and then um my daughter
1: was also super excited for spiritfarer did you see this one? I didn't see this one. This one and the next one on your list, Way to the Woods. I haven't seen anything about. Somehow those I missed. Okay, so she was excited for both of these, and they both look like more like indie type games. Um, and I don't know if they
0: were Xbox exclusive or not. Uh, I wasn't really paying as much attention to exclusives this year. But Spirit Fair, it looks like you're on a boat and you like build the boat out and you build it up and you make like residences and it's almost like 2D like Animal Crossing. Like there's people who are mm. living on your boat and you interact with them and you like build it up and you travel and it looks like a heartfelt type of indie game with some kind of like meaningful story behind it but it's also like bright and colorful and yeah it wasn't a grim dark shooter which there were plenty of those there always are at e3 so that one was pretty cool looking
1: and then it is to, very pretty i'm looking it up right now and yes it is beautiful animation
0: yeah and then way to the woods was um it looks like two deer So there's one with antlers that glow and then there's like a little fawn also. And it just looked like you were trying to probably get back to the woods like it had a lot of them in the city. And it was kind of it reminded me of like Journey, you know, that Hmm. style of game. We're trying to get from point A to point B, but it's kind of like a pretty and interesting visual platformer. Yeah. Chill is the vibe that I got.
1: That would be one that uh, I know my wife would like. She likes those kinds of games. Journey is like one of her favorite games ever. So having another one like that uh, would be great, especially if there's some more puzzles in it. And there surely are. But it uh, it looks great, too. When you said both of those, I started looking up the trailers and listening and uh, watching. And yeah, that that one looks like I would like it. Like It looks silly, but in the best way, that's not dumb silly, you know? Yeah, he like, breaks a vending be machine with his horns certainly. and he gets the thing out of it. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's cute, silly, and I could see it making me cry at the end of it. Yep, probably. That makes sense. Um <laughs> yep. and then
0: Cyberpunk that came back. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of new info. There was a new gameplay trailer or cinematic trailer of the end of a mission. It's kinda of hard to tell which way that went. But yeah, the big was. things that came out of it were spring twenty twenty is the release date, if it actually happens, if it's gonna release along everything else in Marchish mm-hmm. of twenty twenty. Um, and then Keanu
1: Reeves, right? Yeah, no, right? I am so into Keanu Reeves right now, like everybody else. And it's all because of always be my maybe. And like seeing him in cyberpunk is is the best part of E3 for me, because like I am so into the Matrix. Like I love him. Like he is always going to be Neo. He's always going to be the one and seeing and some people are like that with him and Johnny Mnemonic. But man, having him in another cyberpunk thing and it's it just it, it made the conference for me. Cool. That's good. No, I know that you specifically wanted to talk about that one. I didn't know why,
0: but I thought it might be Keanu related.
1: Yep, that's it. It's like I was excited about the game anyway, like it looks great. And then when Keanu Reeves was in it, it was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that that's that's going to be in my house. (laughs) Okay. Um,
0: Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga was in there, too, which I guess it makes sense that they're going to totally redo like the whole Skywalker Saga in Lego form, because otherwise you would be cramming in like nine games. Worth of content, right? Which is, I don't, I don't know much outside of like, hey, it's Star Wars and it's Lego. I basically wanted to talk about it because you wanted to talk about it, I'm sure, yeah.
1: right? And I'm really curious. Like, one thing I don't understand from the stuff that I've read is it. I think it's going to be all new levels, not the old games that they have. They have Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga, which is the prequels and the the originals. But this is remaking those in addition to seven, eight, nine, and seven already have. As a lego game and this is all new content right? This isn't a repackage of those as a collection and then 8 and 9 getting their own game. That's but the way I read it was that it was totally renewed like just new from the ground up. I'm really wondering how much game there's going to be here. Like if it's going to be a normal Lego game, if it is going to be like maybe three times of a Lego game doing prequels normal and then sequel. It's like I don't know. I'm really, really anxious to find out what they're doing here because I it's hard to go back and play the old Star Wars Lego games because they were the first ones that they did, and they've improved so much. So seeing a modern take on those, which are already good, but these this is going to be so much better, and I cannot wait because Force Awakens was just and just an absolutely stunning Lego game. Did you ever get to play it? No, I I think I played one Star Wars Lego game at one point, but I I'm just not a huge fan of the Lego games. Right, and the the force awakens is i know it's austin's favorite lego game and i think marvel superheroes is mine but uh lego force awakens is great like we played through pretty much all of it in the dlc it's uh super good so i'm excited about this one just for that
0: cool i await your report i know you'll end up getting that one oh um, yeah i'm um, amazed you're not given that it's star wars yeah I, I don't know i just the lego games don't do much for me if it was not lego and if it was just star wars the skywalker saga i would be there for it but no um lego has a different feel i think yeah the, it does so fantasy star online 2 showed oh, up Oh, yeah and I've i'm never so really excited like i've never looked into this game the trailer or the trailer that they showed was basically just straight up cg and it looked super right. interesting like the tone that they're going for it looks like my kind of game like the premise i could buy into but I also get the feeling that that's probably like very much a CG trailer and not at all representative of gameplay. Is that and, fair to say?
1: Or like, what do you know about this? I feel like you know more than I do. Really weird because this game came out in Japan in twenty twelve. Like this oh, is so se- an old game. <laughs> this is a seven year old game that has a Vita version, that has a PS four version, that has a Windows version, and we've just not had it in America. That this is an old Japanese. i don't even want to call it an mmo because it's a pseudo mmo kind of online game and uh because of the way that uh it's the same kind of game as the original Fantasy Star Online, which was for, I know it was for Saturn and Dreamcast, I think, or one or the other. I can't remember at this point, but I'm really excited because I, I missed out on that particular thing, and I know that a lot of people loved it. So having this one is is really exciting to me because it's not the same kind of MMO it's a different kind of online grouping uh, RPG experience that's not the uh, traditional like Final Fantasy 14 or um, or World of Warcraft or one of those. Like this one, I'm super excited about because I mean, the I've only heard good things. Like I've never heard anybody who's played this one say anything bad about it either. So it's just like I want to experience the Fantasy Star Online stuff, and now I'm finally gonna get to.
0: Yeah, I played the original Fantasy Star Online when it was on Dreamcast, and... Okay. I don't know. I guess it depends how many advancements they've made since then. I bet that doesn't hold up, but also this game is much newer than that one would have been. So right. Uh, the trailer got me interested enough that I will try it out when it comes out if it's free. If not, I'll at least take a look at it and see what people are
1: saying. So I <laughs> doubt it'll be free. I don't know. I don't think it was free anywhere else, but it's one of those where it could be a free to play game, but I don't think it is. I think it's more of an Overwatch game. Oh, okay. I see. Well, I'll give it a look then. We'll say that. Um, Tales
0: of Arise, like, the trailer did nothing for me because I don't really have the context for the series, but you,
1: you're you super into this series. I am, and I really, really look forward to this. I'm super sad, mostly, that it's on the, not on the Switch, that they've put it on uh, Xbox and PC. I think PC, right? Xbox, PC, and PS4, maybe? The normal ones? Um, Probably and i haven't looked at the main site um i don't remember who it was that told me that the way that the site is worded for this for the game is that there will probably be a switch version later um uh, i'm not sure exactly what what was said on it but that's what somebody told me which uh, makes me uh want to kind of hold out from the release of this one but uh, i know i was telling you the other day that i want to play this but i uh i know that i may not initially because i i hesitate to play anything on the tv because it just we have one tv it's hard for me to grab the uh grab the ps4 and just kind of hog that and when i can do it on handheld and you know like you said the other day like pay half attention and uh, just do something like that and that's kind of the way i'm waiting on that potential switch version but it's pretty like this game is pretty have did you watch the trailers and stuff
0: yeah i saw the trailer it just felt generic to me because i didn't have any context for the series
1: And I think it looks it looks enough like the uh, the tail series to uh, to to appease me where it's got that kind of anime ish look. Um, But I don't like necessarily the more um, I don't like necessarily the more realistic style of it. I would have preferred uh, they go with more of a cell shaded kind of what we've seen of like East nine. Uh, I think it was East nine that I've seen uh, and East eight looking like that because this one looks just a little more realistic with the monsters and stuff than i would want but the characters are almost there like i'm i'm split on it if you can't see <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you like those games i'm sure you'll give it a look once it comes out too i'm sure i will yeah, yeah. i mean there's there's no way i won't i'm just really hoping i'm crossing my fingers for a uh, switch release eventually uh which may come same way that uh dragon quest 11 is uh just having to be done later because of the different hardware yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, and I mean, speaking of hardware, like that was kind of one of the big announcements, I guess, but you put big in like quotes because the they announced the next Xbox, which was basically known anyway. It's not like it was a secret, but they didn't give right. it a name and they don't have the hardware and you can't look at anything and react to it. It was just like talking about the processor and some of the technology inside of it and you know they gave it a project title project scarlet but i'm sure it's not going to be called xbox scarlet you know it'll have a Mm -hmm. different name when it actually comes out it has a release window holiday 2020 which basically everybody expected um i guess some of the new stuff they talked about was like four generations of content so i'm sure they're pulling up everything from you know xbox and 360 and xbox one trying to pull Mm -hmm. all of it up you know for backwards compatibility which i kind of expected but it's still cool to see that they're supporting it and they did a lot of talking about connecting across devices especially with their like x Cloud streaming which is something yeah. that they also are rolling out at the same time um, you can kind of see that this year is a half step towards where they're going to be when they launch this next year where everything is like streaming and that architecture and infrastructure
1: all ties together and i'm glad that they're doing it this way instead of doing it all at once trying to launch all of this where they will get the the cloud stuff and the crossplay done earlier so that they can work out those bugs before a project or before a console launch because that could really break them that if they did it all at once and didn't get it right that that could put them you know they're in third place pretty much everywhere and I'm amazed I would be amazed that if they if they uh, really fouled up this launch if they were still going to be able to to uh, make make hardware,
0: well, and it's interesting too because like the X Cloud streaming, they talked about how you can stream your games from the cloud or from your own Xbox. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you own the game already, it wasn't a hundred percent fleshed out, like how it's going to work, right? Like if you own the game and it's installed on your Xbox, does that mean you can also stream it from the cloud for free? Maybe I don't know. Like they didn't yeah, explain. I don't know, but. Either way, it shows you that they want to add more streaming options so that you can play anywhere. You know, they want you to be able to play on your tablet or play elsewhere around the house or on like any device. They basically want you to play on any device. And I really hope that PS4 goes for something similar so you can play the games kind of anywhere that you happen to be. That would be fantastic. It seems like the future is heading that way in one way or another. We'll just have to see what that looks like. But I mean, it goes back towards Phil Spencer. He feels like an executive that actually like gets it and he's like i get the impression that he's actually like a video game player and he just wants video games to be on all the platforms with all the cross play and you play games wherever you want that's how he always comes across to me
1: Every time I've ever seen an interview with him, that's exactly what it feels like. Like he feels like one. He feels like one of us who has succeeded, and it uh, like really he's a guy who who went all the way through. Loves sitting at at home on his couch doing this kind of stuff, but gets to go to work in the morning and make the stuff. He comes home to play, like he really does. Yeah, it's really cool. And like, I think one of the most interesting announcements
0: out of like E3 and it kind of leaked ahead of time, but just the stuff that they're doing with Xbox Game Pass. I mean, it's been around now for what, a couple years, year and a half, something like that. But it finally feels like it's getting to the point where it might be worth it to do an Xbox game pass because so the new details that they announced right it already existed in some form or another but what it's going to be is you can get a PC only version of it for like Microsoft games on PC for five dollars a month you can do the Xbox one for ten dollars a month which is basically what's there right now Um, or you can get the ultimate edition which is like All of the Xbox games and all the PC games, and it includes Xbox Live Gold for $15 a month. So, if you start doing the math on it, basically, if you're going to buy two or more games during the year that are exclusive to Microsoft Studios, this could be a really good deal for you, especially if it's not a game that you care about like having in your digital library forever. If it's just something that you want to play through and then be done with, which honestly for me is like 95% of the games that I own. this might be just a totally valid way to play it. And then you also get access to all of their other games, because why not try them if you already have access?
1: And one thing that I'm curious about with with what they've announced, now, because I, can't, I didn't watch this entire uh I didn't watch this entire press conference. Did Xbox Game Pass and what they're moving into into the uh, Project Scarlet is it going to be streaming stuff like that, or is it a download and play uh, like it is now? Because if it if it's download and play and be able to do it just whenever and not worry about connection or anything uh, along those lines, I could. I could see the uh, my I could see me grabbing that and it being my next generation console because of uh, just that being how I would like to play games like I'll pay fifteen bucks a month for uh, that the ability to download them as many as I want like that and just play them but uh, and have like live included like that's what i loved about the uh, ps plus when you got like ps3 and vita games as well as the ps4 ones it was just like i get these free games so of course i'm going to subscribe to this and now i honestly feel like i'm not getting my money's worth since they took the ps3 and vita games away and it makes me look at xbox game pass with this and the way that they're looking at older consoles like maybe that's where i need to spend my money next generation yeah, I mean, that's it sounds like that's how it's going to work.
0: And like the Xbox Game Pass is really the only thing that's getting me to actually consider the next Xbox. So I guess the Scarlet for my next gen system. Um, I still don't think it would be my primary console. I'm pretty set on like the PlayStation ecosystem. But even just considering that I might buy it, it would be because Game Pass. I mean, Game Pass from everything they've shown, it looks like it would function the way that PlayStation Plus does, where you get free games with it and right the thing is they're adding games a lot faster than ps plus does and they don't take games out of game pass at least not that i know of that they do yeah um but the other thing that you're getting with it is like imagine if ps plus gave you day one access to every playstation exclusive game that is yeah. what game pass does for xbox so it's like any first party title anything developed by microsoft studio on launch day you can download it and play it if you're already subscribed So it's like it's so much cheaper and you can get into games right away. It just sounds really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's it seems like the kind of service that I don't even know how to put it. Like, it seems like a kind of service that we should already have. And so I'm really excited to to when it comes out, like I could totally see myself grabbing the PC version too. like if nothing else and playing those. It's just
0: from this press conference alone, there were 34 games that were announced that were going to premiere on Game Pass, like on day
1: one. Oh, wow. I did not realize that many, like, wow. Yeah, exclusive.
0: I mean, that's why I think this is like one of the biggest stories of E3 is what they're doing with Game Pass. And it's weird that it's like such a big story because Game Pass has existed already for like a year or two or however long it's been. Mm-hmm. But this feels like the tipping point of where it's finally going to be worth it to more and more people because like I'm considering it and I've never truly considered it before.
1: The way that I, I could see it right now this is making me lean way more heavily toward Xbox than PS5 because the stuff that Sony has announced so far and they may you know they'll change it seems to be really hardware focused graphics focused you know they're going to have 8K SSD super fast SSD stuff and they've not really talked about any services and with Xbox talking about the services it makes me feel like they may be a little more um What's the word that I'm looking for here? They may be a little more like gamer centric as opposed to business centric, maybe, where uh, I may actually ha- get more value out of it than I would getting a PS5. The only way I can see myself, like right now, with the stuff we know right now if we had a handheld, like a Vita 2 or whatever the next generation of Vita is that connected with PS5 for cross-play, that kind of thing, that would sell me on the PS5 over Xbox specifically. But see, it's like Xbox
0: is already going to do that for you. Just like mm-hmm. hook up your controller to your you know iPad or your phone or whatever and take it somewhere else in your house. Like, yeah, you're going to get that experience true. already. That That is not untrue. Yeah, I think that like that as a concept and just their approach to games for the next generation and game pass specifically that's going to influence a lot of people i mean it's making me stop and think right before i was just like oh yeah i'll just get a ps5 and now i'm like well maybe i should consider xbox also and for you i mean you're not one to like buy every system the way that i am you're kind of going to be but nowadays i'm not right but even just this alone and me just telling you about it Mm -hmm. you didn't even see all of the stuff that they're offering in the press conference You're even thinking like, well, maybe Xbox instead of PlayStation. Like, I wonder how many people are in that boat.
1: Where it will take generally it's going to take a really, really amazing uh It will take a really, really amazing system seller, like system exclusive, to make me buy a console in addition when most of the things are cross-platform. And uh, the Xbox One just doesn't have it, or I would probably do that. Um, but if PS5 has something that I want and Xbox has this, I mean, I could really see myself getting both, but probably having Xbox be my main one. Um, and if Xbox One is any indication, the games will be a little cheaper. <laughs> maybe
0: it's very possible um so that was xbox i know that was a lot but they had like a super long press conference um the bethesda conference was up, up next and honestly like everything we saw was either stuff we knew about or stuff that i just personally found like boring or things that i wasn't interested in um yeah. the only one that i wanted to pull out here was death loop Because it's by Arcane and Arcane does really interesting games, even though I haven't loved all of them. Everyone has been worth looking at. And this is an Arcane game where they're doing a time loop story. And you know that I'm a sucker for time loop stories. So the premise here is cool, but there was no actual gameplay. So it's like, okay, I'll just I'll keep an ear out. Right. Like I'm not committing to, oh, my God, I'm so excited. But it's definitely something that's intriguing to me.
1: And that one doesn't have my attention at all because I don't like time loop games that Majora's Mask and Lightning Returns and those kind of games just don't get me. And so that one is like, I will, I hope it's good for other people, but I know that I won't like it
0: okay um devolver digital was up next they basically directly ripped off the nintendo direct format and the whole graphics package so bravo to them that was amazing in terms of game announcements and stuff nothing there it was really worth our time um pc gaming happened after that again kind of not nothing fantastic there that grabbed my attention um but then ubisoft ubisoft there was a bunch of stuff that i want to talk about so watchdogs legion is coming out and it surprised me how interested I am in this game because yeah, I, know. I tried the first Watch Dogs and I probably talked about it on the podcast. I just bounced off of it hard. I wasn't interested at all. And when the second one came around, like I watched some trailers, it's like, oh, that's more of the same. Whatever. This looks like a reinvention of it where you, there's no main character. It is a systemic game through and through. It's set in London. There's lots and lots of playable characters. You have the ability to recruit any npc that's not actively hostile towards you which is almost every npc in the game and you just gather a ton of characters and all of them become part of dead sec which i think is just like the faction from the first two games it's like that hacker good guy-esque faction um individual characters that you recruit or that you can inhabit can die but you can always recruit more and you can always just jump into another operative and there's just so many interesting systemic things going on in this one um I'm just so much more interested in this than any past watchdog game.
1: Yeah. This is the only one that's ever grabbed my attention where the others are like, yep, that's a thing. That's not for me. And this one's like, Ooh, that one's neat.
0: Yeah. And I want to play as the old lady hacker that they showed off. She was amazing. I
1: no, I think everybody does like, that's been the absolute main, uh, like meme I've seen out of E3 is the old lady hacker. My
0: daughter just had a fit of giggles when we saw that. It was so hilarious. It was great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so ubisoft also announced uplay plus so i guess like streaming and subscription services are definitely a theme this year especially if you include stadia which kind of came out you know announcements came out before e3 but mm-hmm. you know it's another thing where you can subscribe and you can get a package and whatever um but uplay was 14 dollars a month and you just get access to all of the ubisoft games and you will also have access to them on stadia which is why it made me think of that
1: Which is a really good idea on their part, but it's a little strange to think because Stadia is subscription on its own, too. Well, it is uh, and it
0: isn't. It's weird. If you get the Founders Edition, then there's a subscription that comes with it that's like $10 a month, and that's if you want to stream 4K and 60 frames per second. But I think the one that's actually going to appeal to most people is the one that they haven't like officially given all the info about yet. It's just like the 1080p streaming, um, probably like 30 or 45 frames per second. And that one is going to be free, except you still have to buy the games, but they might have a subscription to games. They honestly need to give more information around the other subscription levels besides that, like Founders Edition.
1: And I'm... Not sold on Stadia. Like, that's one where it's just not for me. That uh, we've talked a lot on Discord and Slack about how this just... We're not the target audience for Stadia. Those of us who really are, uh, like, hardcore into getting every game, holding them, playing them, doing all of this. And... But uh, but with people who it is for to be able to grab one and they're not concerned about being able to play the games that they buy, maybe in seven years that uh, where we may still go back to a digital library seven years from now. I actually did that with Neverwinter this week, uh, just opened. I was like, oh, wow, it's been since 2013 since i booted this up but if they're not that kind of gamer stadia will probably be great for them and to not have a subscription service just for the 1080p stuff that's great like that makes it more appealing to me because of it even though i know that i won't have any part of it
0: yeah i mean i'm interested to see what happens with it we'll have to keep watching while stadia news comes out um but yeah so ubisoft got well, into you know streaming or the subscription model with Uplay. But the other thing, the other game that came out that like grabbed a lot of people's attention was Roller Champions. Did you see this one? It looks so cool. So it's out right now. You can play it. It's not. Is it? Yeah, it's not a full release, but there's a free alpha. So I downloaded that and I played it for like an hour last night. It's interesting. It feels like an alpha. It feels like it needs polish. But also there's enough of a core game there that has some interest that could work. I'm excited to see what it ends up being because it does feel like it needs a little bit of refinement. But yeah, me and my kids were playing it for like an hour last night and it was pretty fun.
1: Is it a PC or a console demo or alpha that they've got up? Um, I downloaded it on PC. I don't know if it's available on other places. That makes me really, really happy because it looks super cool. And uh, right now it's showing that Play the Demo on their website says uh, June 10th to 14th. So I will totally be installing that this week just to try Like you said, like that one, the trailer looks awesome. It looks like the kind of game that you can bounce in and out of and just have a good time with kind of like Rocket League. That's what it reminds me of. So I really, uh, really, really, really want to uh, give this a shot now.
0: Yeah. And they said it'll be free to play when it comes out, too. So everybody should get to play it at some point um the last one for ubisoft that i want to call out was gods and monsters because this one looks fun this one looks like a game that's like right up my alley it's a mythology game but it's by the assassin's creed team they basically said they wanted to make a game where they could do all the things they can't do in assassin's creed because even though Assassin's Creed keeps going more and more off the rails, they still try to keep it grounded in reality, which is very, very debatable. But because they do that, they can't go like off the rails with it all the way. And this is the game where the Assassin's Creed team just got to do whatever they wanted to. So they made a game around mythology and It honestly, like, so between the trailer and some of the, like, previews that I was reading, it sounds like a mix between Assassin's Creed and Breath of the Wild, two games that I absolutely like. Well, a series and then a game that just I absolutely love. So, like, this is the type of game that I'm super interested in.
1: I am... I'm usually not a huge fan of of the Assassin's Creed games. I mean, that kind of game. I'll get kind of bored with them. This one I'm keeping an eye on so that I can watch for it uh, and see what people think for day one. Like this one really interests me. Okay, cool. Um, So that was kind of Ubisoft highlights
0: Square Enix. Let's come back to Final Fantasy VII Remake because there's probably a lot to say there. But outside of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, They announced Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is getting remastered and it's coming out on PS4, Switch and mobile, which I played that a little bit when it came
1: out, but I would definitely revisit it, I think. I didn't get to play it when it came out and I'm so sad about it because my friends weren't really into doing it. We they didn't have the GBAs as well to hook up to the GameCube to do the multiplayer stuff. So this one I'm super excited for and the main thing I'm hoping for is that PS4, Switch and the mobile versions are uh, connected with crossplay instead of just being like Switch and mobile or something. I hope PS4 comes to comes to play.
0: Yeah, hopefully. That'd be cool. I hope
1: it's cross plan
0: everything. Especially you never know how big the player base will be. Um, but Dragon Quest Eleven got a release window. It doesn't have a date, right? Um, I think actually it got on a Switch. release date Sorry, today I say on Switch because the game's already out. But I know right, you've been g- waiting for the Switch version,
1: and I'm I'm really excited about the Switch version. Um, they're including a whole bunch of extra content. They showed off a little bit more of it. Uh, they showed a little bit more today during the Nintendo uh, press conference, and I think that it was Data Error who told me that I'd actually missed a date that it was the last week of September, is what the Nintendo one announced. So uh, so that will be a a, a day. One purchase for me on that where it looks like they're including uh, all sorts of extra content that they've not really announced what it is. Extra story stuff, extra marriage options, and hopefully the uh, you'll get the like, vil- like I don't remember what it's called, uh, the Karuchi is a fifth party member that you can get uh, or an extra party member that you can get in the Japanese 3DS version that you couldn't get in America, and hopefully it's in this one because you get the 2D version as well. So... <laughs> Cool, Looks so cool.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. knew you would be interested in that one and excited. And you could talk about it in depth on your other podcast and play through Dragon Quest Eleven again. So it gives you oh, yeah. another
1: excuse. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, there's gonna be a bunch of that.
0: Um, There was a new Shadowbringers trailer for Final Fantasy XIV, which I'm excited about, but it was mostly kind of a lore dump, which was interesting for me, but probably not for most people who haven't played the game. Um, There was a couple that you want to talk about. So Romancing Saga 3 and Saga Scarlet Grace, which... Both of them are like older games, but it looks like they're being kind of
1: slightly remastered and brought to modern systems, right? I don't think they've ever been released in America. If I understand right, this is the first time that we've had them in English. And I might be wrong, but that's the way I understand it, where the Saga games like Saga Frontier are very, uh, very, very loved. And I think this is the first time that we get these in the West uh, to play. So with them both being on Switch, it's going to be awesome.
0: Cool. Um, they had uh, War of the Visions, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, and as much as I've tried and bounced off of Brave Exvius, this looks like it might be a way to get me into it, because it's basically a Final Fantasy Tactics game, and I think it's on mobile. I don't know. I didn't write it down here, I, but that makes sense to me. I don't know if
1: they said.
0: They That's might one not thing,
1: have. I'm not sure if they said if this one was mobile or not. Like, It looked like it could be. It also looked like it could be a Switch, and they also said that they're moving into making the Brave Exvius. The brave Exvius games into a universe like making lapis be a series of games kind of like evilies is
0: yeah so this is the first one that's an extension of the existing brave Exvius, and it's going to be some kind of tactics game that's for sure but the tactics part is what got my attention yep yeah for sure um they had a game called
1: Anunnaki, which i yeah. feel like i've seen a couple places but you're interested in this one right I'm really interested in this one and it's done by the uh Tokyo RPG Factory folks where they uh, they did like the I Am Setsuna and I think Lost Sphere where they those games didn't really grab me but this game is kind of a cel-shaded uh pretty cartoony stylized action RPG and it it's just I think this one's going to get me. I think the way that they're talking about it's like based on reincarnation and the story is based around uh, having to uh, deal with the spirits of people who aren't being reincarnated. Maybe it just looks really interesting uh, for a pretty action RPG. So a top down kind of isometric action RPG. So I'm. I'm hoping it's good. Um, and then next they had Final
0: Fantasy 8 Remaster, which we kind of thought this would maybe never actually happen. But it's coming out on everything, including the Switch, which that makes me happy. It's kind of like finally closing the loop on the older Final Fantasy games. This one has been the odd man out for a really long time.
1: And it's weird. We've talked about this one recently about how it's weird that it's the odd man out, but I'm glad that we're getting it. And uh, I guess that's about all there is like that's a day one purchase for me. And I've got it on PC. I've talked to some other people today about it where you can already play it in HD. But the big thing for me is being able to play it handheld like it's such a big deal to be on Switch. And I'm so glad that they're doing it.
0: Yeah, Switch is the right fit for some of these Final Fantasy remasters for sure. Um And then the other big game that wasn't Final Fantasy VII, we'll come back to it, I promise, it was Avengers. And I feel very mixed on this game. What did Mm -hmm. you think?
1: I'm very mixed on it, too, because it... Well, I'm sold on that they said the DLC was going to be free. They said that there weren't going to be loot boxes, no pay-to-win stuff, and that new superheroes and and areas are coming, and you they're no extra cost. So it's an Overwatch-type game for the extra content. But everything else, I'm kind of not sold on. The story sounds like it could be interesting. I like the voice actors they have in it. Uh, Troy Baker is one of my favorite video game voice actors. And Nolan North is awesome too, and I can't remember the others right now. Um, but it's it's weird that it's like hyper realistic graphics, and they don't look anything like the MCU characters, which is fine. Like that that's fine. I understand no, why see, they're doing. I disagree. That.
0: I don't think it's fine because the MCU is such a cultural juggernaut right now that that is what is in everybody's minds right you can't just take those actors likenesses and put them in a game and i understand that but right. they went hard the other direction like it feels like they took every iteration of every one of these characters right like imagine <laughs> every iron man ever and now take all of those and just mash them into the most generic version of iron man that you could possibly imagine and that's what's in this game that's what oh, it feels yeah. like they did for every hero. They're just like the most generic version of Thor, and it just bothers me.
1: Like, I did not like the character designs at all. I didn't like the character designs even a little. Like, the 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 only reason I say that I understand why they did it is because they're trying to tell their own story completely separated from the MCU. But the story, I'm— Remotely interested in the voice acting in this in the clips that they showed was that was very good, very high quality stuff, but uh, it. It looked. Uh, Rob said it on Twitter today that it looked like people cosplaying. Like that's the way it felt. And for some reason, Captain America looks like he had. Uh, looks like he was Captain America wearing Thor's fat suit from Endgame and had just a couple too many beers. Like it, he looks. I don't know. He does not look like Captain America to me. <laughs> even looking at at even looking at comic book Captain America, this guy is like uh, the the Spider Man and into the spider-verse this is old broke this is old janky broke hobos uh captain america yeah I do not yeah, like him
0: i could see that it it's weird so yeah a bunch of the things in this game that were like just caught my attention hawkeye gets left out for like no apparent reason right after him being such a core part of the mcu avengers like they have all of the other ones from the mcu and no hawkeye it's like if you're gonna do an avengers game and make it your own you either have to go like a different direction and do a different team totally yep or just include the people that you expect from the movie so having one person left out feels really strange and then it's single player and it's also co-op so that's kind of like okay what kind of game are you going for here um and then like it might be good like it it might be a good game the problem is The whole trailer, you couldn't tell what was CG and like what was a cutscene and what was gameplay or if we even saw any gameplay.
1: Right. And that's the part where I am really hesitant about this game because they didn't show a HUD. They didn't show any kind of UI. They didn't show controls or anything that that you know was gameplay. And so I'm really hesitant about it uh, because I don't know what I'm going to be playing. Like I know what Marvel Ultimate Alliance is. I know what I'm going to be playing and I am stuck stoked for this game this one i want to be really excited about it but like i feel like the audience in this one where people were live and there was the crystal dynamics dude who was like and we have this new we took did the gave these superheroes that made our very own crystal dynamics version of these characters and people like Uh, yeah okay like there was this just tepid response from people in the audience and it was embarrassing like the guy who announced it was embarrassing anyway like i don't know what that guy was was doing he was way too on but uh like trying way too hard but this game i don't know it seems like they dropped the ball on the announcement that they were building up yeah it really does
0: um it's gonna be out on everything except for switch which kind of makes sense and then it's also in that may 2020 release window so yeah man the spring summer of 2020 is just looking so full of releases i really hope that the impressions start coming back from the show floor which i haven't seen any for avengers yet just because Mm -mm. we're recording on tuesday like it's still early the rest of the actual press out there is going to spend the rest of the week at e3 and i'm sure we'll hear more about it by the end of the week but as of us recording we just have the trailer to go off of and it looks very
1: mixed i guess is the best way to put it Um, and i think i've figured out why like specifically this one is more disappointing to me than it would have otherwise been because spider-man you could tell immediately that it was going to be amazing like oh, it yeah. was yeah, totally. Like, it was no there was no way about that game when you first saw is it. It like I saw it and I was like, yep, I'm buying a PlayStation 4 for that game. This game is like maybe I'll sell my PlayStation 4 so I don't have to have this. one. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't know. There's something about it where Spider-Man was so good that this one looks like they're trying and missing yes spider-man you could immediately tell that the team that made it
0: gets spider-man and is going to pay it off this one i am not sold at all so we'll watch for yes. impressions to come back um the main thing probably for us from the square enix press conference was final fantasy 7 because i think right. you and i had very different reactions to it but before we talk about that um it also is releasing in March 2020. Yeah, and, March 3rd. Yeah, it's... So just some of the stats, The it's the first game only, right? Because they're going to release this as multiple parts of... It's very unclear whether it's like multiple games or if they're just going to call it like Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1 and then Part 2... I don't know, but they're going to sell you this for $60. So it is a standalone game. And this game is only going to be Midgar, but they said it's going to be an expanded Midgar, which it would basically have to be. I mean, they said it's going to be on two Blu-ray discs to fit all the content on. And there's just, I've played Final Fantasy VII multiple times, right? If you take your time and you're lazy about it, Midgar is like six hours start to finish in that game. and. I don't know how you flesh that out into two Blu-rays worth of content without greatly expanding what's happening there.
1: I can expect, well... I expect that they're going to be expanding a lot of the side characters and side stories that didn't get really talked about. We're probably going to get to go inside Avalanche a lot more. We're probably going to get to see more of the corruption in Midgar, and we're probably just going to explore the city a lot more instead of being kind of confined like we were in the uh, the original. And the I'm expecting a bunch from that because two Blu-ray discs like I have have I, I've never heard of a game that has two Blu-ray discs like am I wrong in saying that this is the first one because I don't know of any there might be some RPGs
0: out there that are like crazy long RPGs but there are not a whole lot I can't I can't remember any
1: off the top of and my head I can't either and that's why I ask because for it to be on two Blu-ray discs um, it makes me wonder if it's like heavily CG been part of it like how much gameplay is in there versus how much story you know because i mean just graphics wise if you're doing it all with an in-game engine it would it shouldn't be more than one blu-ray i mean i don't know it's just for some reason i'm it being on two blu-ray discs i can't quite figure out why and i can't imagine anything but like xeno saga (laughs) vert level of of content and storytelling Well, and they
0: they're doing something with this story like they have to be stretching it out. But you can tell even just from the trailer, right, that there are scenes that didn't exist before. And then Mm -hmm. there's stuff like Sephiroth is here and he's talking to Cloud in Midgar. And that never happened. Like, that's just not in Final Fantasy seven. And the other thing that's interesting to me is like all this time, all this effort into Midgar and it's part one or it's game one or whatever they call it. So if your favorite character isn't Cloud, Barrett tifa or eris you're out of luck like you're not gonna see your favorite character just nope not in this game at all yep and like i guess you know red 13 is like barely in it at the end but i don't think they would make him a playable character just unless they do something radically different right at the end of the midgar story and the other part is what if they never make a part two or part three Like that is such a Square Enix thing where Mm -hmm. what if they only release the first part and then it like fizzles or they just don't follow up or they don't close it down and like finish it out. I could see that happening.
1: It's not even just that I can see that happening. I am more afraid of that happening than them finishing it, that I'm really based on everything they've done. They've canceled so many things like that. I mean, the Final Fantasy 13 DLC got that. They never finished the story in Final Fantasy 13 because you never got the snow part of uh of 132 and it's uh, just different things never got finished and 15 you're getting having to get a novel it's I'm really worried about this because like Sid and Vincent aren't going to be in this part of it it's it's I don't know it I I just don't know what they're doing with this game man <laughs> I don't either and we didn't even talk about the combat. Like that was one of the biggest
0: reveals was actually showing off the combat and talking about it. So it's a real-time action RPG where you're like attacking in real time and you're filling up by attacking, you fill up like ATB bars. And Mm -hmm. the ATB bars, once they get filled, you can use those to do like special attacks where you like you don't pause time completely, but you slow down time to the point where you might as well have paused it. And that are like was
1: Quicksilver much... in, the Marvel, in the X-Men movies.
0: Yeah, and that was really interesting to me. Like, the fact that you can fill these up and then you can go into this tactical mode where it's, like, super slow-mo, it's almost turn-based, and that's where you can use spells, and I'm assuming summons and special abilities and all of that kind of stuff. Like, that made the game a lot more interesting to me than just the hack-and-slash that I was expecting. But you said, if anything, it pushed you more away from it.
1: It, ma- it made it more interesting, don't get me wrong. It made it more interesting, but I'm also like mega hesitant about it because that reminds me so much more of final fantasy 12 because i play it on weight and so anytime i need to use an ability or anything manually that's not set up in a gambit i can open the menu and pause it then do it and go back to the uh, typical combat and that's essentially what this is and so it it just seems like it's not doing anything fun with it because the the right now the way that they show in the damage in the boss fight it took forever that boss fight did not look fun and yeah, i mean i don't want this to be sad. a 40 hours like game in
0: just midgar like final fantasy 7 right. it wasn't actually that deep of a story it was for the time but yeah. it's not it's not really an overall deep story in that game
1: and i don't want to spend 40 hours in midgar and i'm afraid that's what's gonna happen hmm. And I mean i I want I want this game to be good I me mean too. I'm na- I I'm naysay this game a lot because I am terribly jaded I guess is the best way to put it dis disillusioned by Nomura's games right now and I want this game to be good even though Final Fantasy 7 is absolutely middle of the road Final Fantasy for me. And that's that's fine. It's still a good game. I want this one to be great. But everything they're doing and showing makes me just wonder what in the world they're doing. Like, I don't I don't understand the the development decisions that they're making. I don't either. We'll have to wait to see more.
0: But I mean, again, this is another one that we're going to get impressions back from journalists who are on the game or on E3 show floor. So later this week, we'll probably know more about it. Mm -hmm. One way or
1: another, we'll probably have more fleshed out feelings. Um, And all that said, you can. I. (laughs) All that said, I did pre order the special edition of it this morning. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, well, I, I wanted to make sure I got it because there's a, re- it actually is a really, really cool looking steel book and art book and everything in it. Like it really does look like a, a special edition that's worth grabbing. And, um, but there's a first, I can't remember what they call it, like first person, first class special edition that you can get that has everything in the main one and a statue of Cloud on the motorcycle. It goes from being seventy or eighty dollars maybe maybe seventy nine ninety nine for the 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 original one the the regular collectors to three hundred and twenty nine dollars and the only difference is that statue that's that's a lot that's, that's a lot absurd of, yeah like i looked at i was like i wonder if i should buy one of these super special edition ones and uh, you know keep it unsealed or keep it sealed and then sell it in like when this one you know when people are like i wish i'd gotten that one and then i saw it was 329 dollars, and i'm like hard pass mm-mm. that's too much like i know yeah. people who paid 200 dollars for like the heavens word collector's edition and regretted it i paid 200 dollars, i think for the uh for the old republic collector's edition and regretted it and you fool me once square enix but you don't fool well they didn't fool me but you fool me once 329 that's not even fool me twice territory that's just like take my wallet away from me for the rest of my life yeah, just go buy a new Nintendo Switch instead or something. Yeah, like, exactly.
0: At that price, that's a lot. Yeah. Um. So that was Square Enix, and then to round out the show, uh, Nintendo. Nintendo was earlier this morning. So as of us recording, this was like six hours ago. This is fairly new. Um. Mm, I guess. Yeah. The one thing that's like Nintendo press conference adjacent that wasn't actually in the Nintendo Direct happened right before E3. It was a Pokemon Direct that is probably going to get kind of buried with all the E3 news. But it's worth calling out that Pokemon Sword and Shield, the legendaries, got announced and it got a release date of November 14th of this year. Um, The interesting things that are actually worth calling out so you guys don't have to watch 20 minutes of Pokemon footage if you're not interested. There's a thing called Dynamax, which is like the gimmick for this. What are they called? Region? This region region um, where your Pokemon can become gigantic for like three turns. It's basically like a kaiju game, like in Mm -hmm. a way which is really funny and really interesting. Um, I don't know how interesting it is. It's funny, and it'll be a cool gimmick just while you play through the game. And then the other thing, the part that I'm actually excited about was wild areas. So it looks like there's finally a mode in Pokemon where you can go wander around third person in a big open world, and it's not just these narrow paths like we've always been trapped on in all the other Pokemon games.
1: Yeah, and even in like safari zones and stuff like that, you're still in these very constricted and constrained areas. In the wild areas, it's just Breath of the Wild. Like they did show us that we're getting that the the exploration part of Breath of the Wild, at least in these wild areas between cities, where they're going to be habit or uh, they're going to be habitats of the Pokemon, and you can camp out with them and stuff like that. They've said
0: that's what I it's, want. That's what I want an entire Pokemon game to be like. So I am yep. interested to see if it's actually like that throughout everywhere that's not a city, or if it's only a couple select things that they're like, ooh, wild area, here's a special thing, and then the rest of it is still on Rails pads, I really hope it's not that. I hope it's like everything is just open.
1: I do too. I really, really do. And I'm also excited about the raids that you can do. Because with the uh, the Dynamax Pokemon, you can now get into a four-person raid with online people, they said, at least so that you could take on these uh, these gigantic Pokemon, these gigantic uh, Poke... Pokekaiju? Pokekaiju. And uh, <laughs> there you, go. Uh, you can fight these and with other people and you can capture them and do all of this like one person can do it but they didn't say whether you could do it with friends. Like they're really weird about the online stuff right now the, like Mario Maker and they said that you could do it with uh, random online people but I don't know they didn't say anything about your friends.
0: Uh, I think they said you can with friends like in person Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah like in the local. Same... Yeah, but I don't know if they said anything about playing with friends online which is like you said that's where nintendo always falls apart it's really really strange
1: yeah it was it was really odd i don't know why they do stuff like that but but you can do it with friends kind of we know yeah, yeah you're right it was
0: local multiplayer so that was most of the pokemon news again that came out like a day or two before e3 officially started but it's basically part of e3 um yeah. so there's a ton of nintendo news announced but The uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 was one of the things and my daughter just like loves Luigi's Mansion. So that was one that I had to call out
1: as something that's coming out. Um, She's the first thing I thought about. Like like whenever they announced this and it started playing, I was like, oh, she's going to love this. Yeah, no, she'll be super
0: excited for that one, which is awesome. And then Link's Awakening got a release date, the Link's Awakening remaster. And the other thing that was oh, the release date is September 20th of this year, which we
1: knew was going to come out this fall. We just didn't know the exact date. It's also the same date, uh, Austin told me, as the uh, uh, Nino Cooney remaster on Switch, which is unfortunate.
0: Oh, cool. Um, Well, I mean, just that, like, so many games are coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've
1: got so many good games. Nintendo, by far, was the best of the... was absolutely the best of the press conferences, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, if anything, we're glossing over more Nintendo stuff than any of the other conferences, just because there was so much. Yeah, I think it was the
1: densest.
0: Yeah, so the other thing with Link's Awakening is that you can create your own dungeon now by, like, placing rooms and tiles you gather, and it looked like it was not necessarily a multiplayer shareable experience, but it was, like, a single-player thing you can do in your own game to earn rewards or something along those lines yeah
1: i I don't exactly get it but what they had in the video at e3 was that they they put this dungeon together it showed them going through it and then getting a giant fairy bottle at the end of it as treasure and so they you get collect these chambers and you put them together in whatever order you want so you really get to make your own dungeon out of stuff in legend of zelda it's like that is awesome (laughs) that that that's just so much fun
0: The other thing that I was super interested in from the direct was Fire Emblem Three Houses. I mean, it Mm -hmm. still looks like something that I'm super into. So I don't don't know if there's anything like new or groundbreaking there. But, you know, we already knew the release date and all that stuff. It's just like, oh, yeah, more Fire Emblem. Awesome. I'm excited. It's in like a month, like a month and a half now. So it's coming close. Um, But they announced a bunch of stuff about like the mana games that you were interested in,
1: right? Yeah, like I've. Ever since I was a teenager, I've wanted to play Saiken Densetsu 3, uh, the third Mana game, because Secret of Mana was the second one in the series. Uh, Adventure of Mana was released in the United States as Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy and uh, then later remade onto a mobile game and like Vita game, I think. And uh, the third one has never been Made here, so right now you can download the digital version of what they're calling collection of Mana that has all three games in it in English. Obviously, uh, talking to you guys, that has Adventure of Mana, Secret of Mana, and the new Trials of Mana, which is the uh, which is the third one, in Sensu Three, that's been localized and and put into English, uh, and it's the old version of it, but there and that's available today. You, they've also announced a global release of Trials of Mana as a 3D remake um, that has a On everything. It's very pretty. It's an action RPG uh, and it's releasing in early 2020. So they're doing both of these on the Switch. Uh, And you can also right now go and pre order a physical version of the collection of mana that's not out yet uh, on their website, uh, on Square Enix's website, it's the only place that you can get it. So it's like I'm really tempted to pick up Collection of Mana right now just to play through the third one, um, even though I haven't played the first or second one in forever in a day and never finish the second one that's a lot of mana news i'm
0: kind of surprised square enix didn't have that in their conference but they said it's the Nintendo. nintendo one yeah yeah Cool. Um, and then Witcher 3 is coming to the Switch, which you said you're finally going to get it, right?
1: It's finally going to be somewhere that I want to get it. Like you and everyone else I've ever talked to on the Internet has told me how much that I would enjoy The Witcher. Like the story is just magnificent. The world is great. And part of the reason I haven't bought it is just being locked in front of my computer because it's kind of work area. Uh, cause I have my monitors and everything in here, and I don't want to spend that much extra time in front of my computer uh, and sitting in here. And The Witcher is going to let me not do that. Uh, or the switch version of the witcher is going to let me not do that where i can get the entire thing i will pay the nintendo tax on this one to experience it and uh have it where i can either play it on the tv on the couch or in my handheld like i'm i'm excited for this because i know it's amazing and i've been waiting for something like this so it kind of surprised me earlier this week when i heard it rumored and i'm i'm glad that it was announced today it sounds like a good fit for you, which is always a good mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then Astral
0: Chain was another one that you were super interested in. It To me, it was kind of whatever. Like, I don't know.
1: I'll, I'll look at it, but I'm not very interested yet. But you seem super excited. I am all in on Astral Chain. Like, this is the kind of game and cartoon and movie, anime, everything. I don't even know what to say. The kind of media that is exactly the kind of world that I love it's this weird extra dimensional sci-fi earth is under attack by demons called they're maybe i think they're called chimera chimeras and so you go into this dimension people are being stolen away into that dimension and then you apparently are connecting to some of the chimeras and they're called the legions and you get powers from them and you connect to them like you're uh, like you're partnered and like i can't remember like this reminds me of something like i can't quite quite place what like being like connected to a particular like bonded to this creature to give you powers reminds me of it's like on the tip of my tongue but it it reminds me of something that i love that i can't quite uh just place at the moment and they've they've shown some gameplay after the uh after the Nintendo press conference during some of the treehouse stuff that I've only seen snippets of where you're like riding a motorcycle and in like all just this beautiful tunnel with all the colors i'm it's an action game like there's no way that this is not an action game now like there was a little bit of of curiosity when they first announced it but i am very excited for this uh i want to say cyberpunk style game but it's really just this really really stylized sci-fi world and it's it's perfect for me and it comes out out in august too yeah Yeah. i didn't realize it was gonna be so soon i expected this to be a 2020 game
0: yeah i thought it was a little farther out too i was kind of surprised that it came out this fall but one last thing in that crazy release window at the beginning of 2020 um Marvel Ultimate Alliance was on show, which, again, not a lot of new information there, except just to say I'm still excited about it. And I fully intend to play this game with my kids. And I think you're going to get it, too.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, they they had sold me when they uh, the characters that were in it were like they showed Captain Marvel. They've got uh, Ms. Marvel Kamala Khan. Now they showed uh, Miles Morales uh, and Spider-Gwen as well. So I'm there. Like, they, they got everyone I cared about, and then they started putting in, uh, like, Fantastic Four, Marvel Knights characters. Like, it looks like the animated X-Men uh, characters is really what the uh, logo looked like for expansion passes. Like, I'm, I'm so excited just to play this. I know Jennifer and I are going to play the heck out of this one
0: well and then animal crossing made an appearance too it just enough of an appearance to say that it's delayed which is sad for a lot (laughs) of people who are expecting it this way this year but um i guess we know that it's some kind of deserted island which is fairly normal well i don't know island they've done a lot of different approaches to animal crossing but it looks like an animal crossing game um i know you don't really play them but i've played them off and on And I know a lot of people really love them. So this one basically got pushed back to also March of 2020. Just, you know, when all of the other games come out. (laughs) Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it sounds like details are slowly leaking out because it's been on Treehouse. So they're streaming a bunch of content from it, even though it wasn't in the direct.
1: I think that the director and the designer are either they were on the treehouse this afternoon or are going to be tomorrow. Uh, so either way, the people who are listening to this right now can go on YouTube and look up the treehouse if they're interested in Animal Crossing and get more information from those people because it's happened in the past for you and the future for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. And then there was a rapid fire, just a lot of other games in there, too, Um I know Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, we already kind of touched on. Um, the Nino Kuni 1 remaster, you were interested <laughs>
1: in that one, right? I'm interested in that one because I haven't played Nino Kuni 1. It was originally a 3DS game that got made into the United States, completely redone with Nino Kuni on the PS3. So I didn't get to play it. Uh, I actually returned Austin's copy to him because I didn't get to it quickly enough and he wanted to play it again. And uh, so I'm going to get this remaster on the Switch. But what's interesting is that they also announced a remaster for the PS3. 4 and xbox one and they have extra content that the switch version doesn't so it's 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 weird that they did that i don't know what the choices were but i'm going to play the uh switch version because you know i've made that very clear yeah you
0: have um they also had just dance 2020 which is one that i probably should have called out because it was in the ubisoft conference but it showed up here too so it reminded me um my kids really want this game i don't Mm -hmm. know why? And I don't know like how they've seen it. I guess they just want to dance, which is totally fine. But it's something where it's like there's been a Just Dance game for everything like every year for I don't even know. Is it like 10 years now or something? It feels like it's, a really long time.
1: It's been a really long time. It's been since the regular Wii has been out because I think that's where the first Just Dance came out. Like Xbox and Wii uh, for Connect and the Wii. And like 2020 is going to still be released on the original Wii. I know. It's crazy. Not Wii U. They're skipping the Wii U. Nobody plays it. The Wii, the white or black Wii is getting Just Dance 2020 and then all the modern consoles. Yeah, it's super weird. I don't understand why, but I love it. Like, I love them for doing that because they know their market still has a Wii and they're going to buy this game that they're buying enough Just Dance games on the Wii. To be able to justify that. There I There must love be a market
0: it. for it. There's got to be. I mean, they know it. Um, oh, yeah, and, they
1: do. And that's why I love it. Like, I love that they know their market so well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, kind of one of the biggest things was the tease right at the end, right? There's another Breath of the Wild coming, and it doesn't have an official name yet. But um, you and I are also making comments about Mario Maker 2, but <laughs> what are you typing right now? So, Sorry, we're getting okay, sidetracked. So-
1: so my – we announced – they announced obviously Mario Maker 2 is coming in. My res, my comment when I was writing all this stuff down was, der, when they showed it during the highlight reel. Your response is not, der. Oh, no, I'm now excited is like, for it. I want that no, game. No, no. But that's the thing. I wasn't going, der, because Mario Maker 2. I was going, der, obviously it's coming out. We knew that, der. Oh, and, okay, uh, I see. So, so, so
0: that Breath of the Wild 2, remember? yeah so okay that's the thing so it's not dlc it's like an actual full new game and there was a teaser trailer and they announced it even though it doesn't have like a name i'm guessing it's not going to be called breath of the wild 2 um but your notes here basically say link and zelda find an ancient evil and it awakens and then hyrule castle kind of smokes and explodes and then there's green tentacles and grossness floating around i think that's a pretty good summary of what we
1: saw like that's that's what I got out of it and it's also what made me excited about it as well like they showed I've seen people talking since then that Zelda looks like she's gonna have more of an action oriented role in this one that it was really highlighting her doing stuff Um, but I'm I'm excited about this one but I'm probably less excited about this than a lot of things because there's just so much stuff that we know is coming out and this was a teaser that said this is in development that a sequel to Breath of the Wild is being developed and so it's like and that it's not dlc that this is a full-fledged expansion they said so it or a full-fledged sequel not an expansion not dlc so it's like i'm excited because of that but i'm more excited because of stuff that's more imminent
0: Yeah, me too. Totally. But I am excited for it because I love that game. It was fantastic.
1: And I'm glad that they're not throwing away the engine like that part is really what made me what was really noteworthy about it to me is because with Link's Awakening, it looked like there could have been a very easy moving on from that style of Zelda like they do every other time they make a Zelda game. And this time they're sticking with the open world for a sequel to this one that usually deserves it oh yeah for sure like i am that's why i'm stoked about it because this actually marks a a a change in how they make zelda games because there's always something that's different and hopefully this one is a sequel in the best way possible
0: yeah hopefully and i mean if they cut out the Wii U, which i assume they will that would be great because they can actually do more with the switch hardware Mm -hmm. which would be
1: it would be so good And first-party games always take the best advantage of it, and I haven't played Breath of the Wild on the Switch. I mean, I played it on the Wii U, so I'm excited to see what a sequel can do now that they know what they're doing on that hardware and what works and what doesn't with the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So that's E3, I guess, in a nutshell. Those are our highlights from E3. There's a lot more that we didn't talk about, but we're trying to keep this to roughly an hour, even though I'm sure we've run over already. And before we sign
1: off for the week, what do we have for the offer this week? This week, I want to talk to you guys about PodCoin again. It is a fantastic app that you can download so that you can listen to all of your favorite podcasts, including ours, on uh, your phone and get paid for it. And for realsies, I mean get paid for it, where you earn points, called pod coins that every minute you listen, I think it's every 10 minutes you listen, actually you get a certain number of pod coins that you can then cash in for, uh, You can then cash in for gift cards. So do that. Listen to us and we can get promotion from them. Uh, They get promotion from us and it is a wonderful relationship. They are nice people as well. I very much enjoyed talking with uh, with them over emails and they are coming for a lot of improvements in the app. Uh, So it is coming that you can make this your uh, very favorite and daily use podcatcher so it's a it's very good i use it a lot myself very cool um and then of course
0: uh don't forget about the network uh you guys know all these so i'm gonna go fast this week because we're in a weird format but geekitude uh tea time with katie and chelsea and of course capsule j and troidal are are, our streamers and the, the geekery the blog that is constantly getting new updates we have austin's dragon quest quest and then 13th story always giving good new articles on there um that's probably about it for this week. We'll get back to a more normal format next week. But for now, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek 2 We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast.
1: We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. So you can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links so that you can hang out with all of us and check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com,
0: and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter.
1: I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beige. That's Beige with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void Beige with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for
0: this week. See you next week, geeks.
1: Bye, geekos.
0: And remember, this week, keep it Geek.
1: Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights, sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch, where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E, power, to snag a spot on the couch.